Carlito, we're in a we're in a new spot now. Eh? This is different. We're in a we're in a building. High rise, my friend. <laughs> we're in a high rise. We are at the home of Informa Markets, and we have two very special guests. So on my left, I have my name is Frank Scalisi. I'm the director of sales with the Building Show. And on my right, I have Nancy Milani, and I'm vice president of trade expositions with Informa Markets. Wow, and you guys are speaking to a couple of general contractors here. We don't have any letters Uh-oh. after our name. <laughs> <laughs> we have a tape measure after our name. That's what we have, right? That's okay. I'm in the market for one. So maybe we can There's chat. There's plenty of them in the truck. We have plenty of them. We want to know a lot more about, like, to be very honest, when I got into the business 10 years ago and Carlito got into the business 30 years ago, I was going to the home shows as any contractor or consumer would go. But then we quickly learned that there isn't much to learn here. And so I started asking around and someone told me about the building show. And that's how I came about Construct Canada. And that's how I went there. And I was I was in heaven. So I want to know more about Informa, the building show, how it got started, who goes there, the people, what to expect, all that stuff. Manny, I think you're forgetting something. Oh, you're I going totally way too forgot far ahead of something. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody have a song in their head that's just jingling away? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> can, can we bring in our other sales guy? He's a musician and a uh, singer. Yeah, yeah. That'd be great. We'll, we'll bring him in. We'll, we'll bring, bring him, him in eventually. We'll bring him in to end the show. How about that? So as long as you guys promise that somebody from Informa is going to give us a tune, <laughs> then right. we're happy. We're in. We're bringing yeah. Glenn in. He doesn't know it yet, but he'll be here to oh, finish I off the Glenn. show. I met Glenn earlier today, so he's it was our, good. He's our ringer. So. Oh, okay, good. I'll be curious what well, he's going to do. There is a, a rapper called Snow, and he has a song called Informa. Oh, <laughs> 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 All right, let's get back on Informa. So who wants to begin? I, I can give a little bit of history about the show. So originally, the show started as Construct Canada's 31 years old, so we've been around for a long time. Wow. It's, it's a trade-only event. Contractors, are architects, engineers, specifiers, building owners, property managers, facility managers, basically anyone that's involved in construction from the start process to the ends. It could be materials, design, full gamut. It's a very broad and diverse show. You're just not going to come and see one thing. It's from start to finish in the construction field. But we won't see clients. I don't know about that, Manny. You'll get some homeowners. You know, at the end of the day, everyone that comes to the show is a homeowner. And very true. They do get a lot of questions that people that are there will ask, you know, something that they're doing with a home project. That is part of the makeup, but it is created as a trade-only event. So it's not open. You, You wouldn't compare it to the national home show it's it's Got not it. the end no i would never think of it to be like the any of the home shows and one of the things about our show that's great is the various sections so we talk we have an area that's de- this deals with commercial so uh, office industrial retail construction that's in the south hall next to construct can is our pm expo side which yep. deals with uh, the maintenance and retrofit of existing buildings whether they're commercial or residential and then over in the north hall we have home builder renovator expo and it's not just about new construction and renovation, but not just single family homes. There's a lot of multifamily. Next to that, we have a pavilion, which is our World of Concrete Pavilion, which is a mix of residential and commercial concrete applications. You guys have a a little bit of everything there. A little bit of everything. And then one of the twists with the building show across the hall happening concurrently is our real estate forum, which is commercial real estate, 2,500 plus, a very senior CEOs, SVPs involved in commercial real estate. Building. And that's in which hall? It's in the south, just uh, right across Kitty Corner from uh, the building show. Okay. So I guess we could, before we go any further, this year the show is happening December 4th to 6th. Correct. At, at the Metro Convention Center. 
both north and south. Both and north and south. Throughout the show. Uh, can you give me a, just a brief glimpse? How was the show 31 years ago? I wasn't here 31 years <laughs> ago, but uh, George Prisbalowski uh, was one of the original founders of the building show, which was then called Construct Canada. And the first year, sadly, he said you can throw a bowling ball down and you wouldn't hit anyone in the aisles. So yeah, but that was that's the case always. 31, and it just goes to show how you know if you stick with something and you have a strong team and a good idea and you just stick with it years when you're doing bad you want to give up but you don't end up with a show like this which is great when did it switch from construct to the building show i would say maybe five years ago five years ago five yeah. years ago you know you don't have to put your hand up no i was <laughs> telling him five. Oh, oh i'm sorry <laughs> okay. but most of the people know it is either construct canada or pm expo the, the building show is basically the umbrella name of, of the four main sections of the show great what else do we want to know about Informa and the building show? Informa, I'll let Nancy take over, but Informa is probably, I believe, number one in the world globally. I, I, I realized that when we first spoke, I looked it up. You guys are a pretty big outfit. We're huge. Like, <laughs> we're the largest <laughs> in the world. Yeah. yeah. We are, absolutely. We did an, acquisi uh, an acquisition a year ago in July of UBM, which was, I think, the third largest show producer. Interesting enough, we were a little further down on the ladder, and we did the acquisition of them. So we are by far the largest, larger than Reed Expositions or Messi or any of the other ones. And I think globally we produce... Last I knew, or at the time we were doing the acquisition, was over 527 shows globally. Globally. We are in Dubai. We are in Brazil. We are all over the world. It's it's crazy. Wow. I, I'm assuming Toronto is a pretty good market? In terms of globally, because we're in Asia and du Dubai, and the shows that go on all over the world are massive shows, you know, Germany, all through Europe and such, and because we are so large, Canada is really probably one of the smallest portfolios at the end of the day. But, but, but an important market. But it's a super important market, and we're seeing that because we're getting a lot more international exhibitors every year coming to the show and international visitors. And now that we are part of Informa, I think we're going to see that expand even more. That's great to see it because that was my, my first year 10 years ago. I was a little disappointed that a lot of the attention was down south and not so much in Canada. And I wanted to bring more attention to Canada because I think we do build really well here. So, Absolutely. you know, and I think that we want to see new products. So I, I love the global and I think just with the digital age now, it's nice that, you know, you can actually find a product that's seen somewhere else in the world and it eventually makes its way to Canada, hopefully sooner than later. But I, I want to see more of that. That's what's really important. Well, for sure. And that's the reason why we're here is to be able to showcase. I mean, this is Canada's largest building show by mm -hmm. far. And we're here to showcase. Obviously, we have a big percentage of Canadian exhibitors. We have the international that we want because we want those products and we want manufacturers, distributors over here as, as well as the U.S. How have you guys seen the industry change over these decades? I, I mean, just like key milestones. I'm trying to figure out. I just, I'm assuming a lot more interaction by the contractor. I, I think in Canada, the contractor themselves have a bigger voice than the contractors in the States, I'm assuming. They have a lot more input when they're dealing with clients, so then they would have a reason to come to these shows and see what the new products are like. Have you guys seen that, or is that not the case? Yeah, because, you know, what when people are coming to this show and the contractors are getting more contractors, contractors want to educate themselves. They want to see new products. So they're able to go out to their clients and make sure they're up to date with the products that they're offering. Their education is up to, to par. So we are seeing a lot more of that. I think that's what we're seeing for sure. So what kind of attendees are you guys like? Yeah, it's a cross-section of everybody in the it's industry. It's a cross-section. So like I said, 
architects, engineers, specifiers. What's the primary? Contractors? contractors would be the primary. I would say con contractors is probably a third of the audience. Like oh, our, wow. our, our, we get a lot of architects. Like on day one, we have something called an international architectural roundtable, which brings in about 800 architects from across the country. Oh, wow. wow. So all these years we've been going to the show and we've been brushing elbows with architects and we just didn't really know it. They're, they're all in disguise. Is that the idea? Well, you can you can see a contractor from a mile away, right? <laughs> Even at the shows. Even though they clean up a little bit, you can see the majority of them. But yeah, I, you know, getting contractors is, is always a challenge, but even more so architects. Interior are, designers. Oh, yeah? Just, architects are really hard to get on the show for. Engineers? Are you guys getting a lot of engineers in here? Engineers, yeah. property managers. Because there's four shows in one, there's specific audiences that come out to the individual sectors of the show. So we really, it's the whole gamut, right? You know, yeah. from the, the start of design right to the end of the built environment and then to the people managing and the maintenance at the end. So we really cover the entire gamut of the construction industry. Yeah, like I said, it's full circle from the start to the finish and to maintaining those buildings year after year, right? Any questions, Carlito? I'm just curious about students coming through. Do you see a lot of students coming through looking for jobs or opportunities? Absolutely. And this year, actually, we've made a huge effort to get even more students out. And we are going to be talking a little later with Next Gen on this program. And, and Agnes will be here. You know, you talk about the changes in the industry. And, and one of the biggest ones is the the demographic construction let's say it was the old boys club for a lot of years right sadly uh, i it, have to say sadly it was yeah. now we're seeing especially in terms of engineering there's so many more females there's so many more people or female on the job site now certainly not to the extent that it should be 100 um, there is a shortage of workers right we all know that everybody's dealing with that we have made a really concentrated effort this year to try and reach the younger demographic and we have always reached out to a few of the the schools and the programs in the area. This year we did a lot of research in advance and have reached out to every single program that would relate to this show. To all the program directors, invited them out to it and this is why we are cre we've created the Next Gen uh, Career Hub which we can talk about in greater length when, when Agnes, Agnes gets is here. here. Yeah, I'm really looking um, forward to that. Absolutely, we're making that effort to get them out and we're going to be continuing this. We're looking at long-term partnership Is this the first this. year that you guys are doing this? We've never had a Career Hub or any, oh, any wow. focus on it. We've always invited the students out and, and you know, suggested they maybe take in some seminars. We've got even some, a little bit of programming geared towards some of them. We just want to make sure that we're getting out. We're starting to, A, so they can come out and learn what opportunities and career opportunities are there for them. Get connected, network a little bit, and sort of build loyalty because this is the next generation that's going to take this show for the next 31 years. We always years. say that. It's so critical that we have to find somebody to pass on the knowledge to right we can't we I, we've met the contractors that don't want to share the knowledge we're not those kinds of contractors and the guys that we speak to are not like that and the guys that we work with are not like that we like sharing the knowledge and we want to take we want to see the young take it over and make it better. And it's interesting. We've had to adapt our show floor as a result of it, too. Well, with the younger generation, they want more interactivity, right? I mean, everybody's connected to their phones, and we're connected to any information we want. We Google. We talk, You talked about that earlier, yeah. right? So we have to make sure that the exhibitors are seeing that. There's a lot of long-term exhibitors that have been there. We want to ensure that they are getting the attention and such they need and the return on investment. So it's really important that they 
engage the audience. We're seeing a lot more lounges, networking lounges on the show floor, things like the Career Hub where it's going to be really interactive. Back in the day when the sh trade show started 31 years ago, and I've been in the industry almost that long, not in the construction shows necessarily, you set up a table, you had a little sign or a banner, and that was it. Now you're seeing people do very interactive and creative things in their booth because this is what the younger demographic wants. And if we want to engage them on the show floor and keep them coming back, we've got to learn. And even the way we sell to them now, right? They're, they're doing their research before they come to the yeah. show um, because it's so readily available. That's amazing. I, That's I feel really that thing. a lot of people might be intimidated by the show if they had a business and they wanted to market it. Do you guys have smaller booths for smaller businesses to kind of start? I would say over half of the companies in the show have a 10 by 10 space. You know, it might not be affordable for, you know, some of the startups for a company that's, you know, maybe year one, year two, and is looking to get good value for their money. Exposure. Um, exposure, make, making the right contacts, you know, showing their products and getting feedback on their product, uh, good or bad, is really invaluable to them. We I also will give them tools, too. We have an exhibitor orientation that we do, and we invite everybody to come out to. And it, it's super valuable about the things that you can do in your booth, the things that you can do very affordably, ideas for booth design and all of that. We also have, we've done some little videos this year. Again, we're changing the way we're even selling the show, eh, Frank, from when you started 20 years ago. We're having to give exhibitors tools to be able to survive in this I always way. feel for the exhibitors because I've got I've, I've, I don't know how many shows I've been to I've been to so many shows because I I, I, w I started going to the shows because I wanted to learn but I, I always felt for them that they have the 10 by 10 booth or any other booth and you walk up and it's day one day two day three whatever and you're standing on your feet all day long you're answering the same kind of questions I, I like when I go to the shows I like changing it up I like asking really interesting questions different questions taking products to a different level I want to engage and I want to see if they kind of open up a little bit more and then I can learn that way too and it was funny that the, the first show I ever went to big show would have been IBS in the States yeah. and my first product brand that I came across was Thermary which is a thermally modified ash lumber and it was a decking booth and it was traditional decking looking and I went in there and they did the same spiel and I was listening to him and he was great and everything like that and all of a sudden I just said to him can I put your product in a shower and that just started the friendship and I still talk to Kevin still to this day and I and I actually put the product in a shower and it worked right so right. I feel for the guys because it is a lot of work you know you got to get there the, the day before set it all up get ready for the show handle all the questions get those leads put it all together and then tear it down and then you it's it's demanding it's very very demanding to do the show it's demanding and time consuming but it can yeah. be really worthwhile and it's I rewarding think it can be and it's it's really important for the exhibitors and and for people like frank to talk to the exhibitors and and we as a team to support because we have an operations team that supports what are their goals and objectives when they're there and we can help achieve that we are the support team for the exhibitor unfortunately a lot of them don't use us like they should they don't but know but ask the questions. Oh. Uh, we, I mean, we give them a wealth of information. Ask the questions. Do the exhibitor orientation, which we just started a few years ago. It's been fabulous. We sit there, get an opportunity to talk to them, and they get excited. And every time we go to the show floor and they've got a newly done booth, and a lot of times, again, it's not a lot of money. That's what they need to understand. It doesn't have to be big and beautiful in order to get a good return on investment. We see results from doing it, and we're really starting to kind of reach out to exhibitors in that way to say that we're there as a level of customer service to help you. That's great. Just one other thing on trade shows is, you know, there's not a lot of opportunities to, when you market yourself, it's very hard to do something that's face-to-face. -face. Now you have either a potential customer, an existing customer, 
uh, you're getting product feedback, you're, you're networking face-to-face, -face, you're collecting leads. It's a great experience for a company to be out there firsthand to hear that. Yeah. You know, you put an ad in a magazine or you do a, a digital banner ad, you don't get that no. feedback. You right? don't. You get that. It's true. You get that face-to-face. -face. Yeah. That's really valuable, yeah. extremely valuable. I also think that's really important, Frank, is that most people don't have time to get away from their business. And I'll speak as a contractor. I'm building someone's house. They don't want to hear me going, traveling around, educating myself, or going to small monpa stores or large corporations and, and being scattered across the whole city. It's nice to come to one place, and I can actually learn about a product, really get into information. People have time for it. But even more, I get to work with people and get jobs. If I go to the, one of these shows, I'm not just educating myself. I'm picking up potential work. I want to kind of wrap it up this section here because we, we've got two other guests that are going to join us to talk. Easiest way, or do you got a point? Or no? Oh, I got a question. <laughs> I always have Car one or two Carlito questions. Carlito always has a question guys, towards the end. Th this is a personal opinion. What do you guys want to see changed in the construction industry? I would like to see, you know, contractors like making time to come to these types of events. I know they're busy and it's sort of on the back burner. I think it's important for contractors to come out and support these shows, whether it's an Informa show or another event that's happening in Canada, especially Canada, come out and support these shows. But at the end of the day, it's it's supporting the industry. You want people, the contractors have to come out and see the different products, talk with suppliers, the manufacturers, participate in some of the programming, the sessions, and that will help evolve in the trade show industry for construction. That's, right. that's perfect. I totally agree. 100%. It, it goes hand in hand. Because we, that's we, how I built my business. Yeah. I built my business by going to the trade shows and speaking to the people, going to the booths, getting that information. Yeah, it's one thing to, to create the show and have the exhibitors there, but without the attendees, you have nothing. I concur, because I was going to say the same thing, but just adding on to that, another thing is it's really important that the exhibitors help market it too and invite their clients to the attendees and get out, because it's a great chance to talk to them one-on-one -on -one again. You know, around, there's lots of competition out there and everything else, but to, to get the people out there, it's so important, because we are doing this for the construction industry. We are trying to give you one place to get your education, get continuing education credits. We've got the real estate forums and all these events going on, gaining knowledge, looking at new products. That's what we're here for. And we're happy to be doing it. We love what we do. We want to make sure that we're doing it well. Website is thebuildingsshow.com. Thebuildings with an S show.com. You can register online. Now that's usually the best way to do it. If you if you don't have a chance, you could do it on site as well. Yeah. It takes a little bit longer, but it's easier to do it online than come in and just scan it, get it, get your pass and Absolutely. go right in. And then any information, if they've had any questions, they can reach who at what. If you go on the website, there's a there's a general uh, uh, email on there that they can send in uh, okay. questions. Yeah. Perfect. And you guys are also on social too. I know that there's some handles there as well. Absolutely. So, but, and then we're going to be doing a bunch of little shout outs as well and let everybody know. So everyone that's listening, you guys understand that Carlito and I are actually going to be at the show walking we're around and recording a podcast. So, well, And the reason <laughs> I love the show even more is that I find that all the people that I, I really want to ask the technical questions, the main people with all the answers are usually always at this show. Very much. So if you feel like you haven't picked it up being at a store or a location, this is the place definitely to go to get, talk to the right people. Perfect. I think right there we can wrap it up. No, he, gen no, no, nope. he generally okay. does a beatbox on the way out of here, <laughs> but we're not ending the show. What we're doing is we're switching chairs. We got uh, Jazz, right? Jazz. You From? got it, yeah. From Procore. Technologies, Procore. yeah. Technologies. So uh, before before we get started, Jazz, uh, I understand that you do a little bit of singing. You may have heard that. <laughs> <laughs> the last group uh, didn't do any singing, so we're missing some singing. Anything yeah. you got in your mind? Anything? So I was gonna, I was gonna hum something for Perfect. you. 
And uh, by a gentleman by the name of Tui Kortemanch, who still is our president and uh, founder to this date. Uh, sorry, not president, uh, CEO and founder to this date. And we've grown really substantially over the course of the last four to five years. Um, what we've sort of tapped into, I think, is a real big need within the construction community around tools that automate the, the process, that make us all better as an industry, that make the jobs that we do every day more predictable and safer. And we've seen some pretty explosive growth. And we're really thankful for the customers that have uh, put their trust in us. Uh, today, we sit at about 2,000 people globally across multiple offices around the globe, including uh, Mexico City, uh, London, UK, Sydney, Australia. Oh, so you uh, guys are not a mom and pop shop. Not a mom and pop shop, no. And uh, and just while we're in Canada here today and in, in rainy Toronto, we are also in Toronto and in Vancouver. Better rain than snow. Snow is coming. It's coming. How has the market reacted to you guys when you guys first came out? It was an exercise in sort of building trust. I think a lot of people have historically been burned by technology investments. Especially in construction. In construction. And, and the biggest thing we used to hear two or three or four years ago when we first sort of came into the Canadian market with Boots on the ground. Examples of having used technology and not getting the adoption that they wanted to get. People in the field that would basically just throw these tools in the bin because they were no use to them. So what we've really tried to push forward is the fact that you know Procore is a very easy to use platform designed with the end user in mind and it's really designed to be collaborative and so that's really resonated with the with the customers that have brought us on and we're seeing a lot of really positive traction in terms that's of how people are using and adopting that's those great tools. To hear. Can you walk us through just give us because someone who actually is not familiar with the product itself. Can you walk us through from the beginning to the end how the end user is going to be working with this? Yeah, I mean, so it, it's an unlimited uh, user model first and foremost, and so that means if a whether it's a general contractor or a specialty contractor that's buying Procore, they can expand and, and extend that usage to anyone who uh, touches the project. So an example could be an architect, an engineer, a consultant, an owner. You can invite those people into the job, and the real benefit of a platform Procore is that it really allows the best information to be recorded in Procore so that everyone can benefit from the insights and the reporting that come out of the solution and we can all get better. So really what it covers is everything that you would sort of call everything from tendering and pre-construction through to course of construction and then to financial close on a project as well. Very nice. Got a question? Oh, I got lots of questions. <laughs> How do you work with younger people coming into your business? So there's two sides to that equation. One is sort of us as a technology business, and I think the other one is sort of construction as an industry. I'll sort of go in reverse order. Construction as an industry is absolutely a great place for young talent to go to today. Why is that? We, we always think because of, we're hearing the, we're hearing the opposite. You know, historically, it's about I hate to say it, but swinging hammers. It's dirty. Yes. And, you know, there's there's sort of negative stereotypes that accompany it. But what you know, I was at my my kid's high school last week, and I went to the basement. There was a construction shop. There was a woodworking shop. There was a robotic shop. And these are STEM fields, right? These are technology fields, right? Because with the level of automation that's happening now on job sites, um, young kids can really think about it can be a career in technology as much as it is a career in 
in construction. So that sort of traditional mindset of what construction is, is changing every day. Technology like Procore can help enable sort of the automation in the field. But there's a di other technology out there that's fantastic, whether it's AI, VR, AR and, and other types of tools that are driving additional sort of automation, right? So I guess the question you had is around how do you attract young people to these industries? And I think it's really just about educating, getting into the schools, talking at the K to 12 level, just as much as we talk to folks in higher education. I agree. And 100%. really just helping them understand what the value is. And you know what, guys? It, it's, a it's an industry that pays well. It does. And people need to hear that. I was going to ask you, Jazz, how are contractors around the world? Because I'm fascinated because on social media, I speak to a lot of guys in Europe, in Finland, in Australia, in Japan. And I'm really intrigued by their conversations regarding their construction techniques because uh, I'm familiar with North American techniques. Yeah. But how have you guys seen? Is there a difference or all or all of us, are we all kind of similar? I'm assuming. So, so I probably should put a disclaimer. We have offices across the globe. I, I run the Canadian business unit. Yes, yes. Uh, so I don't have a ton of exposure to sort of the international use case, let's call it. Having said that, like I will say about the industry specifically, I've sold to a lot of different industries in my career. And this is the m most fun I've ever had in my life. The construction? Like construction. Really? The, the people are the best. They are down to earth. They'll call you out when they when they don't believe you. They'll kind of trust you and pull you into the family when they do. <laughs> it's um, true. And, it's true. And, uh, you know, once you've got a friend in construction, you've got a friend for life. So this is by far the Car best experience I've Carlito had. Carlito says years. that all the time. So what's the smallest business that you would deal with? Uh, so mom and pop, right? I mean, we've got companies. Uh, <laughs> so we've got companies that will buy Procore that haven't landed a job yet. Wow. Right. So that's the smallest, right? In because preparation. In They're, preparation, okay. right? They've got stuff out. They're confident about winning and they want their first job to run on Procore or they feel like the owner's going to, you know, really view their bid more favorably because they're coming to the table with technology. And so it's really interesting. Like we serve companies that are at the very smallest end of the scale. And then we're going up to sort of the, the big monsters, right? Like the, the bird constructions of the world, Delterra, which is part of Tridel and and then you've got uh, t Turner Construction, you know, in the U.S. And I could I could rattle off the list. And it so goes all the way down to ABC Contractor. Yeah, exactly. Simple mom and pop shop. Exactly. That's amazing. And, and that I was always the platform. That was always the goal with with Procore. Yeah, yeah, man. And really, it's designed to be elastic, and it sort of expands as you need it, and then contracts as you don't. So you kind of get you get to use the tools you need for the job you need to complete. And Procore sort of is is very easy to mold into that sort of use case. You said something at the beginning. You said that most people throw away this kind of technology or the tools that they don't work that they don't understand. Yeah. If there's something that the people don't understand, do you have like an information unit that kind of like takes care of that and helps you through it? Thanks for asking the question. So there's a few ways we we've attacked that. Is one we just built the platform super easy to use, right? You and have to. It's construction, right? And it's not to say that people don't don't get it, but they've got so much other stuff to worry about. The last thing they need to figure out is how do I use this tech? I, I've right? always said that the reason Instagram was so popular specifically with construction versus all the other social media platforms is it was the easiest one to use. Yeah. And contractors are always, when it comes to tech, they want the easiest version. Manny, Otherwise, they will abandon. You're totally right. right. I'm, I'm afraid of technology. I'm trying to adapt to it but I'm still having problems with it. For guys like me, it's got to be dummy proof. He's still using a Palm Pilot. <laughs> <laughs> That's all of his secrets. <laughs> He's making stories up. <laughs> no, so we're glad that you guys have made it um, 
so easy. It's really important that you've done yeah, that. Yeah, and, and one one myth I want to dispel while we're on here as well is that you know the old guys can't pick it up and they That's can't. That's bull. Look. They're I the, mean, they're come the on. first people. They're what? the first people. Really? You, you find a fifty-five-year-old, sixty-year-old super on a job site, and you put Procore into their hands, they will become the biggest raving fans of Procore because at first there'll be doubt, but once you show them, I can. You don't have to take that camera. You don't have to plug it into a PC. You don't have to download all your photos. You don't have to go back to the trailer and sort of fat finger a, bu fat finger a bunch of stuff into Excel, yeah. right? These guys want to get home or they want to go to the pub or they want to do whatever. Now we give them that time back and they can do it in real time in the field on a tablet or a device. Do, do you think it's because they already have the decades of experience of doing it the wrong way that they all of a sudden <laughs> see this and well, they go, this yeah. is so much easier. I was just going to get on this. I, I don't think it's that. I think that they're in the old school way and they just haven't changed over from paper. I see so many developers, huge corporations, multi-million dollar businesses, and they're still doing it the long, hard way. Exactly. Listen, and part of what you need as well, organizationally within the industry and within individual businesses is an innovation mindset, right? Like you can't tell super X or super Y to do something if the business isn't behind the investment. And so what we're seeing more and more, and I hate to use this term, like disruption has been used to, and it's been, it's like beating a dead horse, but the notion of disrupt or be disrupted is actually pretty real, which is, you know, companies now need to think, how do we innovate? How do we get ahead of where the tech is at or at least catch up? And then how do we deliver that to the job site and to our people? Because it makes our people better. It makes their jobs better it makes them safer and ultimately we can attract more of these young people we're talking about into our companies and it also builds the business absolutely it contributes to actually building the business the reason that we all get into business is to build a business we don't want a, a business to fail we want it right. to build so if we need to grow we need to grow and that goes back to the disruption i love stories so i'm hoping you're going to give me another good story here how did the company start and why there's always a reason for such a great product to come out to help the industry yeah. so it's helped someone so how was it invented and why so tui <laughs> He, he's actually a serial entrepreneur and, and spent the 90s in the, in the Bay Area. I think there, there was probably a, a moment of frustration. I don't know what it was, but his, uh, uh, his wife wanted to head down to Santa Barbara and, uh, and build a home. And so while he was still wrapping up loose ends in, in uh, San Francisco, he wanted a way to stay on top of what was happening on the job site. And so the very first version of, you know, let's call it Procore, it may, it may have been sort of a bit different, but it was designed to have him communicate with the general contractor that was working on his home. And that level of communication, you know, from a thousand or whatever, 500 miles away, whatever it is between Santa Barbara and San Francisco was eye-opening because before that there was no way to really communicate with the general contractor unless it was fax or phone. Yeah. And those are really difficult things to do. So this was real-time information that was available to everybody that was on the job site. And the real, I guess the light bulb came on when the general contractor left that job and asked Tui if he could take that software package with him on the next job he went to. And then he realized. And then he realized he was onto something. And, and the really cool thing there is that it's Southern California. What better place <laughs> to adopt technology yeah, than yeah. Southern California? In the 90s. In the 90s, right? In yeah. the 90s, right? Or the early 2000s. But, and, and here's the other thing which is really interesting is at that time, Wi-Fi was not ubiquitous. Like today, no. Wi-Fi is generally ubiquitous. Yeah, you will find dead spots and what have you. And so Tui took a bit of a gamble in 2002, 2003. And it took 2007, launch of the iPhone, 2000, I think 10 or nine, launch of the App Store. 
And, and those were the sort of critical milestones that really bought devices and handhelds and that level of sort of uh, tactile, real-time, field-based information to life, right? And that's when, when the company really caught fire. Great. I think it's also important. Final questions. Okay. <laughs> I, I just wanted to make a statement first. But I will ask you a question. What would you like to change in the construction world? Like, what do you see that you want to change in the construction industry? That's a big question. It is. Um, I'll keep it philosophical. I was at a panel event yesterday in New Brunswick. And uh, there's a lot of architects and engineers in the room. Historically, there's just been frustration, right? Architects are in, in their bank, uh, in their sort of corner, and engineers are in their corner, and consultants so are in true, their corner. Man. It's risk mitigation that everyone's really going through here, right? What we need is to find a way to get everyone to collaborate, to come together, to say, look, you know, we're not all perfect. We don't all have the answers, but if we all come together, I think we can all get better. And I think that's what we're really after. So if we can deliver a collaborative platform that becomes the glue that sticks those people together and really, you know, what's the saying? Rising tide raises all ships. That's really what we're after as I as like that. I like that, Carlito. That's great. I mean, times are changing. People are going to have to adapt and accept this and, and jump on board, right? Yeah. As there's still people, you know, doing it the old school way. How do we change them to start using this technology so they're not afraid? It's another really good question. I think, you know, some of it we can do through education, which we do through, you know, marketing and sort of events that we hold across the country. Another way is just to talk to your local uh, community and associations. Like if, uh, whether it's the CCA, the OGCA, and any any number of associations across the country. I will guarantee you every one of them right now is talking about innovation and technology because it's a hot topic. It is. Um, so engage with your associations. Uh, really talk to people in your community and your network. And I will guarantee you will find someone that's doing a good job right now in executing a technology plan. And don't be afraid to share ideas. Again, rising tide raises all ships. This is not a big secret that anyone's holding on to. Let's make everyone everyone better together. And I think we'll all win business together. And we'll all scale our businesses together as a result. Two last questions real fast. <laughs> <laughs> I could do this all night. I know. So I know. I. So can we? We've done it. So we got to wrap it up. Well, do you know offhand the booth number and where you guys located at the show? Yeah. yeah. So it, it's booth number seven hundred two okay. in the South Building. That's part of the Construct Canada uh, portion of the show. Do you mind if I just call out a few partners? Oh, for sure. Go ahead. So, so our, our concept again. One thing I didn't really touch on was the notion of collaboration is one thing, but we also collaborate as a technology company with our partners. So we have 180 plus technology partners that plug directly into Procore, and we're going to be highlighting a few of them this coming week at Construct Canada. So again, booth number 702. Uh, in addition to Procore, we'll be showcasing Proest, which is an estimating tool, MNP, uh, who are resellers of Acumatica and Sage, uh, which are both integrated into Procore, Field Chat for communication, Sensera for IoT device wow. to how, devices. How big is the booth? Uh, <laughs> I wish my marketing guy was here. We, we spent a lot of money on it, it but I don't it know sounds like it's here. a pretty big booth. sounds like it's a booth that you actually should do, go, go and check out, that we want the yeah. guys to go and check and, it out. And two more. Be... we got Apple, and we have uh, Jam. Oh, wow. Jam so you guys are, oh, yeah. wow. Okay. Well, even more important, what's your handle? Now, uh, that, that one I should have asked my marketing guy about. So <laughs> I don't know if we have a handle, but what I would encourage folks to do is go to Procore.com. And you'll probably um, see it there. And Yeah, we'll see it there, and we'll have some information up there for you. We have a Canadian version of that domain, so Procore.com, direct you to the Canadian site. Do you mind if I just call out two quick things? So one, we do have some prizes uh, that will be... Uh, oh, wait. What, love what, what are we getting? What are we getting? Um, okay. <laughs> I don't think you're getting anything. We, we like prizes. What are we getting? <laughs> Let, let's turn off the mics. <laughs> um, a new car? Where? <laughs> uh, so the one prize actually is really, really cool. So we're going to be offering a Raptors suite. 
Oh, for uh, Christmas Day, December twenty fifth, for the Raptors game, it's the it's the Procore Suite for a winning company. So if you win the draw, that's going to be happening at the booth. You can bring you and and some of your select folks from your company to the booth. I will have one Procore employee there just to just to help you out and chaperone you. But it's it's all yours for the night. Uh, Look the, at that. The second prize is a five hundred dollar Amazon gift card, which we'll also be drawing at the booth. I have one last question. Quick. Okay. So if someone wants to work with you and you're looking to hire, what's the kind of attitude? and what do the people need to know if your company's hiring them and how they should yeah. behave for the future Listen, in if, jobs. If you want a career in technology and you want a career with Procore, it's a fantastic place to work. We were number four on the list of top employment destinations uh, rated by Glassdoor last year. That's a big deal. Uh, number four and globally. So to vote work for Procore is to really work for a company that believes in culture, that believes in learning and development, continuous learning and development, uh, making everybody better, respecting everyone around you, and also just, just, just working in a super fun environment. If you're in construction right now, from time to time, we also have postings for people who come from construction. So if you're looking to sort of make a bit of a change, go into the technology field, there's definitely value you can drive uh, within the Procore business, Perfect. whether it's in Toronto or Vancouver. Thank you very much, Jess, for joining us, and we'll look forward to uh, seeing you again at the show. Okay, we'll pass, I'm going to do one last, one last plug. Can I do plug? One last plug. One last there plug. you go. Go All ahead. Right. In terms of events that are happening on the show floor, uh, we'll also be having one of our uh, one of our folks delivering a seminar. His name is Chris Langiza. The name of the seminar is 2020, a construction tech odyssey. It's on Wednesday, December the 4th at 9 a.m. in WS300. We're also going to have two demos that are going to be happening on the floor, Wednesday, December 4th, 1.30 p.m. in the South Building, and Thursday, December 5th, 1.30 p.m. in the South Building. Perfect. I guess you know where you're going to find me and Manny. <laughs> 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 we got to get out of here. Don't be bucks. Don't be bucks. I was going to sing. No. Summertime. No, no, no. no. <laughs> so we got, thank you, Jazz, so much. Thank you very much. And we're going to take a quick pause and we're going to bring in the next guest. Thanks, guys. We are back again at the same podcast, uh, Carlito, and yeah. we have another special guest. Oh, Teresa. Uh, and Teresa, what do you do here at Informer? Thank you very much. I actually work on our educational seminar and our programming at the building show. So I create all the content that you would see in our educational seminars. We have uh, over 199 demonstrations and presentations this year, which are held in the two buildings on two levels of our uh, north and south building at the Metrotronic Convention Center. Very nice. And what do they entail? What are you guys going to be doing there? This year is very exciting. Uh, one of the things that we're going to be talking about is uh, a focus on mass timber. There's uh, a lot of change coming along in our building codes to allow us to build uh, multi-story mass timber buildings. We're very excited, something that you already see out west. And now with Ontario building codes and national building codes changing, we're having a big conversation on mass timber this year. What else have we got going on? You know, we also see a big change in the way we work. So there's an industrialization of construction that's coming on. It's the evolution of construction. And as uh, the industry starts to embrace change, we're seeing technology touching every aspect of construction. So we're seeing modular construction, which we already have seen in the past, but now we're seeing it in a much deeper ICI component. We're also seeing innovation in the automation of some of activities in construction, so we're very excited about that. Uh, we're seeing a cultural change with that. So not only are we seeing that the processes are changing, but so are the skill sets and the people required to do those those new uh, jobs. Very interesting. This is really fascinating. Yeah. We should attend the show. Oh wait, we are. <laughs> <laughs>
What else you have for us, Teresa? You know, one of the conversations that we've seen in the public eye is the conversation of affordability. So we're actually having that conversation of affordability in our multiple verticals. Now, I'm sure that Nancy and Frank have spoken about the various show verticals of PM Expo, Construct Canada, Home yes. Builder and Renovator Expo, and the World of Concrete Toronto yes. Pavilion. They told us everything about that. Absolutely. So now we're seeing the word about affordability across all verticals. So we've got the conversation of affordability on the construction side from the OAA. We're also seeing it from build with a session under the Home Builder Renovator Expo. Oh. We're also seeing it under PM Expo with FERPO talking about affordability. So all our associations are really coming to the table with this conversation of affordability. I'm Is this so the first proud. year that you guys are actually doing this, like kind of getting that many as a collective? Absolutely. You know, we've always had a conversation about building and affordability because we are building a city for people. So as we're seeing this conversation, it's coming alive in every stream with all our associations. So proud of our industry. So proud. It's amazing. We love the construction industry. We want it to evolve. It'd be great. I want to <laughs> see it change for the better. There's yeah. many things that need to still be changed. The industry is fantastic, but we need change. What uh, else you have there, Teresa? We're seeing a lot of transformation, even with sustainability, accessibility, and wellness. So we have a few a few, uh, quite a few conversations, everything from Passive House to Net Zero and LEED, um, and the various levels of accessibility so that we can actually build a workplace that's accessible to all. That's amazing. So we're very, very excited about that. We are seeing a change in the way we design. We actually have an entire new stream we're bringing back, which is our interior design conversation. After four or five years of being away, we're now bringing our 12th annual interior design roundtable back. We're going to be talking about cross-pollination. So the cross-pollination in design, where do interior designers and designers get their ideas and concepts from? From contractors. I like it. Absolutely, from contractors. Thank you very much. I, I, did I was that out loud? Wait I'm a sorry. second, <laughs> because you're always fighting with them. <laughs> that's really that's going to be an interesting roundtable. Absolutely, and what we're seeing is that I know that contractors are ex executing and trying to bring interior designers' ideas to life, and that's what they do. Now the question is where the interior designers get their ideas and that's uh, from everywhere from fashion from production and from process we have someone from our production conversation not you guys but actual production netflix and then we have a fashion designer christopher bates and uh, we have an artist and we have someone from process i love it so you guys are actually doing what we normally do where you're influenced by everything like Absolutely. as you walk around, you vacation, you live, you work, you play, you're influenced by everything. So it's I, I love that. That's actually really interesting that you guys are doing that. Absolutely. And, and we're very fortunate to have the person who put that lovely idea together, uh, Peter Sobchak from Canadian Interiors, who really wanted to heighten the conversation of interior design to our construction and design community. So very pleased to have him on board. Wonderful. What else you have there, Teresa? So we also have the conversation of changing of our aging population. What's happening mm. to our construction industry? This is big. Very it's important. It's huge, This huge. is big. And we'll have uh, a guest come in in a few minutes that's going to talk to you about that. And we know that a young population base is coming in. They have different skill sets. They have different scopes of work that we didn't have 
10, 15 years ago. Different our, attitudes. Absolutely. And our education system's changing. I mean, we hear it in our ads on the radio, even this morning, that our educational system is changing to meet the needs of the jobs of tomorrow. That includes construction. So we're thrilled. Yes, it does. Thrilled to see that transformation. Not only is there a conversation of inclusion, both in our PM Expo and Construct Canada and Home Builder Renovator Expo, but we are seeing the conversations of transformation, inclusion, and the changing population base. Beautiful. What does that mean? What does our workplace look like tomorrow when it comes to our employees? So excited. Fascinating. I am too. We have to wrap this up, or is there Thank anything you. else? No, I think, you know what? We're, we're always excited. I, I know I missed one conversation, and that's concrete. Uh, no, it, bring it up. Excellent. Thank you. Bring it up. Um, dear and near to my heart, concrete, just like wood is. It um, is to us. It is to it all is of us. To us. Uh, infrastructure, our foundations are built on concrete. Concrete is an important element. We have over 11 seminars strictly on concrete. From restoration to infrastructure, we are talking about it all. So I want to thank all of our associations. We have over six associations supporting us and media partners on this conversation. We really want to hear people and see people talking about concrete. This is going to be an amazing show this year. So, so next Wednesday, Wednesday, December 4th to the 6th, spend a lot of time. Try to, try to plan a full day and take a look at a lot of these ideas. These are all great ideas. I love all these ideas. Ask Carlito, a lot of questions. Any other questions <laughs> from you? Because I don't have any time for you to give any questions. Okay. What would you like to change in the construction world? You know what? I think that the construction world needs to move forward. You either need to change and I evolve agree. or the companies that are existing today will not be here tomorrow. We have to change both our the way we work, the employees, how we support each other, and remember we're in it together. That's it right. Collaboration, well collaboration. We're in it together. Thank you very much, Teresa, for joining us and giving us such insight. I love that all, and I'm looking forward to the show. Thank you. Appreciate it. We'll see you soon. See you all in right. the show. Do Bye. not beatbox yet. I'm do, not. Do not, I'm be, not touching, do not beatbox yet. I'm not yet. saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> we are back for the final round here, Carlito, <laughs> and we have another special guest to my left and your right. We have Agnes from. I'm from NextGen Professional. NextGen is a relatively new program. We are growing the Canadian construction industry from the youth perspective. We all know that there are shortages right now in the construction industry, and NextGen is basically working on one strategy in particular right now, but eventually we would like to grow it to multiple strategies to really close that age gap that's happening between retirees leaving the space as well as juniors not, I wouldn't say not really entering the space, but there is definitely a slowdown. I'll say it. it, it <laughs> <laughs> it's not as attractive as what else is out it there. It is not as attractive. Unfortunately, and it's not. No. So, no. so uh, but, but we have met a fair share of the youngins, because we're older, that do and work hard and are skilled and are very talented. So Absolutely. Totally. Absolutely. How are you guys doing this? The one way we have been doing this is we have reached out to post-secondary institutions. We currently have three institutions that we work with and they're different construction-based programs. So whether it's construction management, architectural, we work with them on gathering their students that are going to be soon entering into the space. We have a subscription model for our members, which are general contractors, developers, engineering firms, who have access to this particular pool of candidates. 
those mm. candidates go under scrutiny and they go under a screening process. I should say I do own a construction recruitment firm. So we've used our proprietary interviewing systems, tweak them a little bit, uh, specifically for juniors. So not all juniors who apply into our program pass our program. We do go over you know, quality over quantity. However, once we place that particular junior into a construction firm, whether it's a subcontractor or whatever the case, we don't believe in leaving them there to sink or swim. That's kind of the feeling we have been getting from some of our members is, you know, we don't have time to train. We don't have time to handhold. Well, the gap is such that younger individuals right now with the retirees happening, they're gonna be expedited into management and leadership positions before they're ready. You know, I just had a conversation with an individual, I think it was the Ontario College of Trades, where they said that gap that's happening, that expediting of leadership before they're ready, is actually going to cost us a tremendous amount of money when health and safety practices go out the window. Maybe they don't experience that and they don't understand it or they're not looking out for it. You know, they talked about the change orders that could happen, the rotation and the cost of rotation with bodies that sit there and say, I'm not doing this anymore. It's just too much pressure. So it's compounding. There's a lot of compounding issues. Part of what NextGen's done is after we place that particular junior in an firm, we stay with them for one, for one year and we smooth that ride. So that one year includes leadership training. So we have leadership coaches who come from the construction industry and they volunteer their time. There are six seminars throughout one year. And in between the seminars, these individuals actually get a one-on-one -on -one coach from the industry again. Wow where they can call upon these individuals and say, look, I'm having a tough day. My site super's having a row at me. What do I do? We're just trying to give them that resource. There are other resources that we are working on. This is the main meat and potatoes of our current program. It is working. We have success stories online. We're looking to keep taking this model and scaling it across Canada. So when did it begin and why did it begin? Who began it? <laughs> Robert, who's in the room with me right now, uh, he is the director of operations for AMC Services. AMC Services is the construction recruitment firm that I founded about four, five years ago. I brought Robert on board about two years ago because construction recruitment, I mean, it was good eating. It really was. It's uh, it's a sales-based role. Um, even though you're dealing with capital, like human capital, it's still a sales-based role and it's going really well. We sat down and noticed that it was just not sustainable. The amount of resumes that were coming across our desk that were the same resumes, like why is this individual leaving after one year and looking for another job? Well, it made sense because the next developer to come to town or the next GC who's looking for a PM, they're willing to you know, go into bidding wars on particular candidates. It's, mm. it's a really tight industry because the existing talent pool in construction is shrinking. So we're all, all, everybody, and I know I talk in absolute, so I do apologize, but it seems everybody's pulling the same talent and it's becoming super incestual. We sat there and said, this is not sustainable. This is, as a recruitment firm, this is now gonna be 10, 15, 20 years down the line. We're just gonna run out of gas because the, the pool's gone. We've created a strategy and we are working on a strategy and working with tech companies. We're working with affiliations in the space. We're working with government bodies, if we can get a hold of them, anybody and everybody. Oh, you've had that problem too? 
And we've had that problem. <laughs> you know, it, actually, no, we, we have had a couple of callbacks, and, and it looks really? like uh, in January we might have a couple of meetings. I you know, cross my fingers. <laughs> I gave up after two years. Oh. <laughs> I just got, I gave up. I'm super stubborn. So okay, uh, <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. We said, you know what? Enough's enough. Let's come up with generating a new talent pool. Let's come up with a new talent pool, grow them, and expedite them into these leadership roles with resources. That's kind of how that baby of next gen came around. We've only been, I think, actively in in this space for about eight months now. And really it's it's like you just said, banging your head against a wall. If industry isn't ready to hear it, then industry isn't ready. But we are we're looking for the leaders in this space. So we are looking for the forward thinking, progressive individuals who will sit there and say, this is gonna be my problem in 20 years and I don't have a solution. How do we collaboratively come together and how do we create a solution with the resources we currently have? And, and that's where NextGen comes in. Um, we wanna be that bridge. So who are the people that you wanna to speak to and who are the people that you wanna get involved with speaking to those people? If I'm a GC, how do you wanna to speak to me <laughs> To get, because this is fascinating. I'm sure it is to you. Oh, I got this a ton is of insane. questions. I'm this just is insane. letting this roll right now. Like, oh, we, okay. <laughs> we go through this every single day. The, the only difference is that if you get that person on the site and they just don't care about the work, Absolutely. they're gone. But you guys don't do that, right? So there's got to be a reason why this person is not like that. I find in construction, and this is very much my personal opinion, so I do apologize if I offend anybody. But we um, do it all the time. <laughs> this is how it is. This is how it works. I find, and I, I'm so I have a construction management background, and even in the firms or firm that I worked with, it was head down. You plow through it. You are like fire after fire. Get it done. You come up for a breath of air and oh my God, there's 10 more fires, head down, go, go, go. Where is there ever space to sit there and say, oh, by the way, you now have two juniors that you have to spend at least two hours a day with training. You can't use and abuse them. You have to actually train them on this tool or this program or the system or the process. There's no space for that. That's what it felt like at least. And so we see that with some of our clients on the recruitment side where we get a call, and I find this really fascinating. We'll get a call. High rise, site super, needs to have four underground, at least 25 plus stories. And oh, by the way, I needed them two weeks ago. <laughs> no, that is a consistent call that we get, not specifically on site supers, but across it's the request. That's the, the request. The stupid request, basically, is what well, it is. It's, it's not an uneducated I, request. It's an uneducated request, but that is the reality. And the reality is they came up for a breath of air in that instance and had that, oh crap moment. And they're now reaching out to whomever they can to, you're laughing because I, I think you you know this, right? Yeah, we, <laughs> you, I, I feel like you're a contractor and we're having a real contractor conversation here. <laughs> this is totally, everything you're saying is happening every day. Every single day. Yeah, and, every site. You know, Robert and I are extremely fortunate because we do well with these requests. We have our own databases and we've come up with our own systems and that's great and that's wonderful. Again, it's not sustainable because at the end of the day, when everyone's poaching that same high rise site super or that same crane operator, which by the way, like the cities and how many, I forget how many cranes we have up, but I've had the conversation in the last probably two months, four times the lack of crane operators has come up from four different entities. Like, I believe it. 
I believe it. We're all having this conversation. And, you know, if you want me to talk to a GC, we're struggling with that. I'll be honest. We do have that struggle with how do we get to that GC leadership body and say, we get it. You're having a problem, but we're going to come in and help with a turnkey solution. That's not a one-year plan, two-year plan. This is going to be a 20 to 25-year plan. And there, maybe even longer than that. I don't ever believe in finite solutions. This is not a finite solution. As far as you know, what we're seeing, it's all compounding issues. Like we look at technology in the space. You just said, you know, construction isn't sexy. It hasn't been sexy for a while. It's not attractive to the it's youth. Not, there you go. Sorry, you said it wasn't attractive. Yeah. We look at all these compounding issues, and part of what we're trying to do is say this is going to change. The compounding issues of today and yesterday, they're going to change in another five years because population is evolving. And then five years from that, it's evolving. Let's come up with something that, yes, will help you right this minute, but it will evolve and adapt for the 10-year solution. It'll evolve and adapt for the 20 years, for 30. Because as far as I'm concerned, like I know, we need construction. We need buildings to house people. We you need, will always need them. We well, you're going to need construction the way that things are being built right now. We're going to have to fix them all. Uh, <laughs> yes. oh, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> but you guys also are not just talking to the, the younger generation you're also speaking about older generation getting back into construction or getting into construction too right yeah I, I don't think we're our mandate very much is catered towards youth because I think that is where there's a large populace that we can draw from we can train and draw from you know we've looked at women in construction women are four percent representative in construction um, finally someone I've been looking for that. is that what it is really it's, is it's, that Canadian four percent Canadian and I I don't want to uh, put my phone in my mouth. I think it's 17% in engineering. Uh, that's a number I've heard. That's I the question that I was asking the government officials. I was trying to get in there and trying to figure it, that it's out. It's 4%. 4% across 4 Canada. 4% across Canada. You look at that number that's, and... That's wrong. Absolutely. How many amazing, viable candidates can we get if we made construction safe and available to women? you know, to girls. You would get a lot. You would get a lot of individuals capable. There is actually, you guys know Build Force? Build Force? Okay, so they are a not-for-profit, it's government-run. On their website, I think they pulled it from YouTube, was something called Stephanie's Story. Okay. And it was the best marketing I could see for not only women, so, so it was for, for junior-specific, like, you know, hey, this is how you can be in construction, but... It was a, a girl and, it, and, and a woman, and it showed her life as a married woman. She's got this car that she can pay for. She's got this house. She's having a barbecue. She's got these pets. She's at her cottage that she paid for. It was this incredible life story, and then it cuts right out to her driving uh, tractors and operating heavy, heavy machinery <laughs> on a civil site. Love it. But like, it really gets, it was so peppy into it. And I'm like, not only is this incredible marketing that we could be using and sending out to the world of you know, high school or post-secondary and being like, hey, look how amazing your life could be, but to women, to show them that this Stephanie Look how great she's, look, look what she's accomplished. And this is a job and a career that she absolutely adores. Just creating safe spaces for new candidates. It's called Stephanie's Story on YouTube? Stephanie's Story, I found it through Build Forest. I've tried multiple times to find it through YouTube. And you can't find it or? If I have a contact, I'll it's send gotta it to you. It's got to be out there. It's got to be out It was there. awesome. Yeah, was, I want to check it out. I want to see it. That's yeah. cool. Carlito generally has a million thousand questions, right? So towards well, the end. I think but we I'm, need I'm pretty to make sure, another... Agnes, you, you haven't even 
dove into the guts of this whole thing. Have you? Like, I mean, we unfortunately have to wrap it up. Yeah, That's the yeah. thing about it. But I mean, are, are there any other key points that you want to bring up? And then I'll let Carlito ask his questions. <laughs> no, you know what? Ask the questions because I think there's it, within the key points. Because this is fat. Like, well, the unfortunate thing is we could speak to you for a lot longer because this <laughs> we, we believe in all this. And stuff. I want to say this. I actually want to spend an hour speaking to you with Manny. There's okay. way too much to talk about. You're hitting all the key points. As contractors, I'm running into all the problems that you're having. And I see a lot of the problems. It's not the people. It's the corporations or the companies, uh, what they're being thrown into. They're th being thrown into a cage of lions, and they don't have a chance. So they're just right. moving people through. Another thing is there's a really bad attitude out there. Typically... You know, I don't want to stereotype, but the younger generation has a different attitude than the older generation. Not saying the older generation's right, but not saying the, the younger generation's right either. First, I'd like to find out your handle so that people can kind of find you. Sure. Uh, so I am the most active on LinkedIn. So you can Love find us LinkedIn. on LinkedIn. Love it. That's I've, where I've been do. very active on LinkedIn for the last three months and it's been doing a lot better than my stupid IG because <laughs> IGs changed the way they changed. But right. I'm still active on IG, but I do love uh, LinkedIn. So LinkedIn is, is our most prominent space. We do have our website. So that our website is really where a lot of the younger individuals go to sign up. It's a portal for us. So that is nextgenprofessional.com and you can see our resources page which we will be changing soon you can see our success stories client stories and then you will also see our uh, sign up form so that's for all those Perfect. young individuals who want to get involved in the space who have a already a construction background so that's that portal and then we have an instagram account i'm not big on social media so i do i, I know i should be and i know we i've should got be. a little bit of a following <laughs> yeah <laughs> um it's it's uh, instagram is the big one for contractors for construction? Yeah. Instagram. Okay. i mean yeah at 2020 we'll you let me know we'll connect <laughs> later on and we'll do a, we'll do a shout out because i've got almost 80 i got 87,000, right so they're all contractors That's a lot more than we have yeah <laughs> i so was so excited we hit 600 i'm like <laughs> i remember that day i was there so two important question is what are you doing to change making it attractive to come into construction since everyone's walking away from it i think that's a loaded question it's a huge question it's i huge. know as of right now what we've realized is there are phenomenal resources or good resources across canada our mandate our you know approach is we're not reinventing the wheel. There's absolutely no point. What we will do is we will stretch ourselves across Canada, find those resources that are currently working and put them together into a one style approach. So put them together into a one rollout that people can use as a resource. And I know that's extremely vague, but I mean, we were just talking about Stephanie's story. What amazing type of marketing campaign would that be in high school? And going along Brilliant. and going along those lines. We have a partner out of the US, Interplay, I'll give them a shout out. Interplay Learning, they do virtual reality. So they will actually train, you know, technicians, uh, electrical plumbing, solar. We can architect our own program with them. Well, how great would that be to take to a high school or a post-secondary and stay, you know, play? play in the simulator wow it's brilliant getting technology involved like procore just finished here and we just had a discussion because we would love to f work with procore because they are also in a progressive and innovative innovative thinking group how do we grab the resources that are at our fingertips 
rejig how construction thinks about itself and how construction is exhibiting themselves to the public. And part of that is also a public awareness campaign. You just talked about the stigma. Um, there is a huge stigma around blue collar work, but I can tell you that Boilermaker who you know has been on the job for 15 years is probably killing it. And that lawyer who just got out of school with $600,000 of debt, I'm just throwing it is literally out there. killing it. Yeah, yeah. So you know, again, do people know what construction? is as a career do they know they don't. how viable they, of they an don't option this the mechanical is? sector of construction alone is insane on how many jobs you can get and how many really right. well-paid satisfying very career-oriented jobs that you can get absolutely and yeah so that they don't that's the unfortunate thing so and, and you know we talk about what's good right now in the industry and what's great is if we can make this connection to the public and to the youth so whether they're post-secondary high school whatever the case if we can take these resources and make that connection back, we can show them the amount of opportunities that are currently in construction because of the shortages. And we can show them how great of a career, how life fulfilling of a career this can be, while at the same time helping the shortages, while at the same time, you know, helping these companies who are struggling to find individuals. So it's it's kind of this like holistic approach. And we, we always talk about collaborative holistic approaches i just think it's time that we just like we're talking about it great everyone's aware let's do something let's change it let's yes. do something that's why yeah. we're here right yeah no yeah. more questions i'm unfortunately i guess yeah. i got oh, it i got it i it's got hard. it i'm yeah. sorry I, re I really want to because we love doing this podcast and we love asking all these questions and speaking and meeting people like you that are passionate about the industry so is there any final thoughts you want to share before we wrap it up yeah so if anyone hears this podcast if you are a junior in the space please please reach out to us sign up online that's um nextgenprofessional.com as well if you are in the industry you agree that this is something that you know we need to get involved with and take action with please also uh, find us online you can email me at agnes at nextgenprofessional.com and you can ask us if you want to join our program which is part of this initiative of you know leadership training for your juniors finding you juniors basically creating a whole new candidate pool for you to pull from thank you very much Thank you, Robert. You're really noisy today. <laughs> always. Uh, He's like a ninja over here. <laughs> this, this is fascinating. We can keep on going, but we got to wrap it up, and we'll see you at the show, because you're going to be at the show? We're at the show. Okay, yes. and we're going to be at the show for oh, three days as well. I should say that. We're at the show. We're at TBS um, booth 7628. That's exactly what I was going to ask you, what the, what the booth number was, right? Booth so North Building. North yep. Building, 70. 7628, we're giving uh, presentations, LinkedIn crash courses, as well as giving presentations uh, to industry to not only raise awareness, but let them know about internal strategies they could do. I thought you were going to say you're going to give away a car because Procore is giving in a car away. <laughs> no, they're not. No, they're no. not. No, he's going to be upset. I said but that. they are doing something even better. They're giving away jobs. Yeah, true. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, thank okay, we've got to wrap this one up. Don't beatbox yet. Don't oh, beatbox man. yet. Okay, all right. <laughs> Thank you. So we've got. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I totally forgot your name. Nancy. Nancy. <laughs> sorry. So it's almost like speed dating here. This whole thing, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, uh, wow. Not that I've ever been there. No. Um, so Nancy, you yeah, wanna? Sure. We, we've got. Uh, <laughs> have you nice try. Speaking, you're you're the construction world. Speed oh, contracting. Speed stigma. Stigma. I can't believe Oops, that. Did I say that? We've got Nancy back, and uh, we're going to wrap up this podcast. This has been an interesting one, Carlito. Oh, man. A very interesting one. Way too many questions. Way too many questions. But we're
we're going to try to answer all those questions at the show, December 4th to 6th, next week at the Metro Convention Center. Nancy, you've got some final points to bring up? I did. I just wanted to talk about a few of the features that we have going on, because I don't think we've touched on a lot of stuff today, definitely, and I'm sure you've got some great content. The whole theme of the show is to transform, to build, and to innovate. With that, we have Collier's Innovation Centre, which is brand new. It's tied into the TREF forum that's going on. The other thing that's taking place that is really big is Collier's does their... Techstars Demo Day. They bring in people from all over the world and it's a whole vetting process. They decide on 10, they work with them, they fund them and it's all for venture capitalists to fund them. It's all to do with prop tech and that's all part of the Buildings Connect area that we've introduced this year. So a big, big emphasis on technology. The Techstars is going to start at 3 o'clock on the Wednesday, December 4th. That is by invite only so you'd have to go through Collier's for that but I did want to touch on the fact that we have Buildings Connect is a new showcase integrated into all of the four shows that we were talking about earlier and that is the newest of technology in all four sectors so I think we're sort of got a bit of a showcase and there's footprints and you can follow along so really something we're seeing for those of of you that have been out and maybe said oh I haven't seen anything new at the show you're going to see a lot of new stuff. That's what it sounds like this year it sounds like there's going to be a lot of new and interesting things going on. And then Emerging Leaders Awards something new going on as well as the TCA awards are going on, the TCA luncheon. So there's a lot of third-party events, podcasts. You guys are going to be around doing that. And our Safe Tech Environmental Lounges, our Discovery District, Rymar Golf Lounge. So as we talked about earlier, a lot of interactivity. So I just want to encourage people to come out and see what's new. And I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised. Amazing. We're looking forward to it. Carly, do any final thoughts? Oh, we don't have enough time. No, we don't. So you can't (laughs) share any final thoughts. But we have another special guest to the left of me. I've been look. I've been looking forward to this. <laughs> and 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 we have who? Who do we have here? This is Glenn Reynolds. I am the international exhibitors sales manager for the Building Show. I'm also a, a musician from the states who's up here living in Toronto now. And I we uh, scooped him at the show last year. He came to visit our show, and now he's working <laughs> okay, for I'm, Informa I'm, Canada. I'm feeling something so, interesting is about to happen. But this is important. <laughs> at the show, you can actually scoop up other people. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> it. So, Glenn, Glenn, uh, what's the reason you're here? I'm going to provide some melodic rollout for you guys. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Please do. Boom, 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 boom. Once there was a way to not build upward in the GTA to build a home. Keep adding cladding to the sky. And I will sing a lullaby. Golden lumbers fill your eyes. Building show helps you decide. Unique materials you can buy. And I will sing a lullaby. And Glenn will be at the show. Uh, how many dates and how many shows are going to be doing? Uh, you'll, you can see me at the show December 4th or 6th. That'll be at the Sens. And then you can see me in, uh, in Reno on Saturday night at the Ha Ha Shack. And try the veal for sure this time. Okay, perfect. Thank you, guys. Thank you, everybody here Thank at Informa. You. This has been an amazing day. Thank you so much. We've met so many people. So much great information. And we're really looking forward to the show next week, December 4th to 6th at the Metro Convention Center. The 416, baby. (laughs) T.O.